ladies. Gentlemen. Looks like the work of a ghost. Let's start by ruling out ghosts. Here we are again, another wonderful day on the Halloween 365 podcast. And just like your sleep paralysis demon, we keep coming back with the horror 24-7 and the Halloween 365. I like that. I like that. Sleep paralysis demon. Maybe that's our uh, future mascot. What do you think? Maybe. Long fingernails. (laughs) Haunting everybody's nightmares. Oh my god, it's been a wonderful week. We are excited about today's episode. It is our very first interview and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You looking forward to it? Mm-hmm. We- mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be our first big interview. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bermuda Triangle. And this is our first episode, last episode, until we start our summer of mystery that and adventure. True. I guess technically this is kind of kickstarting the summer of adventure, wouldn't I'm you say? I, I, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still going to be Halloween, but this is going to be a more uh, historical, adventurous, mysterious type of... Yeah. Type yeah, of talk. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Think, think uh, for those out there, think uh, Expedition X. Think Destination Truth from back in the day. The OG. Yes, uh, yes. Josh Gates can do no wrong by me, yeah. so... <laughs> no, he can never do uh, wrong. And if you've been following our road trip so far, our road trip to Halloween, then this is just our next detour. We've already traveled all over the states. Now we've got to hit it everywhere else in the world. That's what the, the summer of mystery and adventure is. We're gonna, we're going everywhere. We're gonna hit all the check marks. The That's boxes. right, just like Johnny Cash. We've been everywhere, man. And I think we shouldn't even hold it back anymore. Without further ado, why don't we just go ahead and get right on into it? We're on the summer of adventure. Oh, we shall. We're we're going for it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Some summer of adventure? (laughs) I couldn't do it without John Williams. I mean, it's one of those things. My God. There's one man that would head to the Bermuda Triangle and wouldn't have any fear. Bet your ass. He's seen it all, and so is Indy. Oh, so we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle, people. And I'll tell you one thing. The Bermuda Triangle for years has been one of those things that has completely perplexed me. Up and down, left and right. (laughs) No time for love, Dr. Jones. (laughs) Oh, I think I'm going to start every episode that way going forward. Um, The the Bermuda Triangle has completely perplexed me for years just because it's... it's, I, I have a fear of oceans. It's probably irrational, but... The, mm. So wait, is it is it the ocean, like the fact that you don't see land, or is it that you don't know what's at the bottom? I think it's just because I don't know what's at the bottom, but also just, I don't know, mm. the ocean okay. in general just kind of freaks me out. Because there's so many unknown species there. I think, and this is going to be tying into Bermuda, and also the Halloween aspect of things, if we were ever going to see aliens, I truly believe they would probably come from the ocean. James Cameron style. Mm. Nah, well, that's not what China thinks. That's not thinks. what China thinks. Apparently, apparently. Do you want to talk about that before we get into it? I mean, we can mention it real I, quick. I think we we're should. on the Bermuda Triangle here. I just want to. It's so. This was on MSN and a few other news things first. But apparently, the Chinese 
have made contact with mm. aliens. Uh, contact, you say, as you're driving down the road or listening to this podcast in secret because you're ashamed of us. Yes, contact, not that they've talked to anybody, but essentially they have a telescope that sees in electromagnetic waves and fields, and on a planet that they were examining, they saw streams of electromagnetic fields or waves in shapes, the same kind of thing that you would see if you were to look at a city um, from space uh, through the telescope, like on, you know, the Earth. So that's on a distant planet, and they don't know what else could make that happen on their telescope except for it being electromagnetic waves or fields coming from technology on a planet. can't hear you sir i said it's fascinating because i don't know what else it could possibly be sorry i had a phone call come through i had to take it um i i really don't know what else it could possibly be it's it, if it's man it's if it's man-made uh as they're calling it which it seems to be the case um mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that that cracks it open right that happened that was released this morning and earlier this week, NASA has announced that they uh, are acknowledging UFOs and are looking further into it now. <laughs> Think about it. You know why they did it is because they they don't want China to be the first to acknowledge the fact of the existence of UFOs. Well, it's just crazy because even after the government's been coming out with all these documents and stuff and saying, hey, let's not call them UFOs. It's real. It's UAPs yeah. now. NASA was like, ah. We haven't seen any yeah, proof, yeah. but now, what? If, what if? Hear me so. out. What if NASA has been keeping it from the fucking government this whole time? Well, there's like, like there's Ooh. this sub genre of people at NASA. They're like, we can't let the government know about this. We just can't. Like NASA only really reports to the people who yeah, really run, yeah. run the world. Like, like, what if it's one of those scenarios, kind of like in Independence Day, right? Where even mm. even President Pullman didn't know. He didn't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The general knew, and he was like, "I ah. think that's a good possibility." Like, I was thinking more like Metal Gear Solid when they had uh, the government where it was like eight different yeah, the people whole shadow or whatever. Government. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. Anyways, I think. I mean, it was a lot of UFO news for one week, and this is not the Halloween news segment, but it was a lot of UFO news for one week, and. Who's to say that they're not the cause of the I, devil's trying? I agree. Death? I think that there's a good possibility that... Okay, so first of all, Bermuda Triangle. For, the, for those who don't know about the Bermuda Triangle, it, it's this very mysterious section, right? This, this section of the mm-hmm. ocean. Mm-hmm. It's actually off in the Atlantic Ocean, North Atlantic Ocean, and it's uh, off the coast of the U.S., uh, of the Bermuda uh, of islands and uh, I think uh, Cuba and Jamaica, right? Like I think it's around Florida. Florida. It's off definitely the off the Florida. coast of Florida. Yeah. Anyway, um, for years, well, centuries, really. Um, it's been centuries, right? Like it, since the um, since mm, 1942, so almost a century, probably. Yeah, almost a century. Yeah. So, shit has been wild in the Bermuda Triangle. Planes have gone missing. Mm-hmm. Ships have gone missing. People yeah. 
have gone missing. Now, not just planes and ships. We're talking more than yes. 50 ships. More than 20 planes. Just gone. Without a trace. No wreckage. Well, that's not always true. But no wreckage as, as some of these very mysterious um, disappearances. And, you know... the. It's hard to identify them if they do find It's super records. hard to identify. And a lot of people theorize that maybe, maybe there's some alien shit going on there. Maybe these whole ships are, are being uplifted, uprooted from mm. the sea, up, uprooted from the ocean, and sucked off into uh, <laughs> another yeah. dimension. I, Which, I've never put a lot of stock into the underwater bases until I started seeing uh, footage... Mm-hmm. Of like what looks to be flying saucers, saucers coming out of the water off the coast of California near Catalina yeah, Island. Catalina, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, where they constantly, apparently, constantly, that you're guaranteed that if you sit there on the coast, uh, like if you stay the night on the island, that you can watch out and see something come up out of the water into the sky, and then eventually go back in. It's just so I, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't think. As much as I believe in the aliens, I don't think that they are our Bermuda culture. I don't think so either. I think Bermuda, um, in my personal opinion, I feel like it's more of a natural happening. Um, a lot of mm. what are the possibilities well, of natural well, happenings that are that that us that us uh, as so people like to call us yeah, crackpots yeah. like to theorize. So on. so some of the natural happenings like. Methane gas causing explosions under the the ocean, causing uh, gigantic. I guess mm-hmm. you would call them riptides in a sense. Um, capsizing these ships, like there's a good possibility that it could be causing that. I mean, the only the only downfall to that is the fact that we don't see wreckage a lot of the times. Not to say there's no wreckage down yeah, there, they, but yeah, it's disappearances. Yeah. That's why it's such yeah, a mystery. It's like, it's not just they crashed and we don't know exactly. why. Like, if there was more, like, tangible evidence after a happening, it would be like, okay, well, obviously, um, another one is human error. Either this individual didn't know what they were doing when they were on the ship or said plane, um, mm-hmm. and they just, you know, bit the dust, unfortunately. But we're not finding that, which is mind boggling. We're seeing nothing, no remains, no nothing. Um, I honestly, am, I haven't been able to find any articles about it. Maybe you have, but I haven't been able to find up anything where they actually found any salvageable remains uh, from Bermuda. Is that accurate? Would you say that's accurate? Um, I think that they maybe have. they have. I, I, I'm sure they found something by now because it's been a long time. But I couldn't find anything personally. Um, yeah, actually, there was, um, and it was in 2020. Uh, lost ship rediscovered after disappearing near Bermuda Triangle from 95 years ago. Uh, it was the SS Cotopaxi. It actually sank during a storm in the Bermuda okay. Triangle. It had disappeared, and they have discovered the wreckage and were able to identify it. Uh, somewhere off the coast of Florida into the Bermuda That makes Triangle. sense. I know um, the five torpedo bombers uh, from 1945, now that was confirmed to be human error. They actually yep. disappeared over Bermuda 
um, and 45 and um, I guess essentially what had happened is their their captain became kind of confused and disoriented and they ended up getting lost and I, I guess in that point you probably they probably just ran out of fuel nowhere to really land you know yeah uh, well so it just seems to me personally it seems really strange that this amount of stuff has happened in this body of water but i did come across an interview where a gentleman said that in his opinion if you look at world history that there's not been a significant amount of disappearances in this body of water compared to any other body of water on the planet you know it is weird and, and I think what's what's also very fascinating about it is the fact that when you look at it on a map, right, it, it, it immediately starts. Like these, these issues start right when you're in the deep end of the ocean. It's right when you can't mm-hmm. see the coastline anymore. That's where these problems start. Why is that? So 1942, it's weird. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so the thing that really has me perplexed, because we can talk about things that could really be happening all day long, but there are some reports of, like, planes that are going down, and maybe this is just me uh, repeating stuff that I've seen on videos and stuff like that, but if I'm not mistaken, I thought that there were airplanes that were uh, reported reporting back, like, over this... CB and saying that they their electronics aren't mm-hmm. working or they're uh, seeing a flashing light or something's carried them or I mean weird yeah, stuff a yeah. lot of times like one person said that there was a giant swirl that looked like a wormhole in front wormholes of wormholes is something else I was going to talk about I wonder if there's any flight mm-hmm. recordings for Bermuda if there is I would love to pull those up that would be interesting to hear. But, yeah, so the wormhole thing, to me, sounds a lot... I mean, I guess as plausible as a wormhole can sound. But, I mean, I don't know if that is something that would explain, like, ships. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's... Like, what if it's, a, what if it's a slip into an alternate it's, dimension? It's, it's, like, they... What if they did... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. What if they completed their run in their ship or their plane, but when they came back home, shit wasn't how it was. You know what I mean? Like, completely different dimension. Like, like they, they literally found a time warp. They're f- yeah. If not a time warp, then an alternate dimension where they still have their family when they get back, but it's like a completely different version, like opposite version of his family. Or their family, That's or wild, you know what yeah. I mean, like, and they're yeah. stuck there. They're just stuck in somebody like, else's dimension. They don't know any different. Like they, they have no idea that they're missing from our reality. Yeah, yeah. They just think that. Yeah, that would be a that wild be, thing that, that, to be going on. <laughs> it's scary, man. It's I don't know. Uh, wormholes are one of those things that everybody always kind of theorizes about. Uh, water uh, water spouts are another thing, you know. Um, they're basically like water tornadoes, right? So mm-hmm. apparently it's a weather phenomenon that's kind of frequent in that area. Okay. Yeah, I think I know. It's part of the Gulf Stream. What you're talking about. They're like, yeah, they're like water yeah, tornadoes. Yeah. Like tw- 
It's, it's a, a twist. twist. See, see uh, apparently uh, they hit with absolutely no warning, uh, and apparently they can go grow up to uh, over 100 feet tall. So, I mean, think about it. You're flying along, and then, bam, out of nowhere, a giant 100-plus-foot water twister just smacks you in the face. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, what would you do? That's me. I'm flying the plane. If you're just traveling along, and then all of a sudden the fucking oh god, like that would you're done. It's like that's it, and yeah, and that yeah. would also explain the disappearances because here's the thing: once that wave crashes down, unless you're Bill Paxton, unless you're, you're Bill dead. Paxton, you're out of it. <laughs> oh god! And who was Helen Hunt? Hunt? I think it was, was that I think Bill it was Paxton. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, um, I think it was. <laughs> Twister, now available on VHS. Um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I can't get Twister out of my head now. The cow. Um, yeah, so so when, when they get caught in this, right? In this maelstrom, if you will. I guess it's more than a maelstrom. When it comes crashing down, it's going to distribute parts of that plane or that boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. God knows where. That's why we're not fighting a lot. It's just gone. Yeah, but some of these are like aircraft carriers and shit that disappeared. We're talking whole fucking crews, everybody. We're not talking like Bill and his wife Ann took a a flight in their luck crop duster. It's not like, uh, um, oh, God, what's that chick that uh, Tiger King hates? Oh, um, uh, Carolyn Baskin. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not like her husband disappeared on his plane. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, talking fleets of people like Yeah, it's it's very unusual. It's um I don't know. There's more mystery to it than what you could possibly imagine out there people. I I really truly believe that. And uh, but it's it's there's not a lot of people that I mean there are a lot of people that share that view, but there are also people that think kind of the opposite. Um, as a matter of fact, a man by the name of Larry Cush, I'm going to say Cush. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Uh, has a book. Yeah, he came out with a book that was uh, the Bermuda Triangle Mystery Solved. And basically, this man, Chad, he says that he's read through all the other books. And what took him so long was that it was just repeating information. He said that every time that a new book would come out, that um, it was just them turning somebody else's information from a previous book and trimming stuff off or adding stuff in. He also said that he found that most of the boats and stuff that they had reported weren't real boats uh that they have no record of those boats ever existing uh, planes as well too um so he really thinks that it's just rogue waves that rogue waves is the biggest chalking yeah. here's it the definitive Isn't answer he the guy that has like um, the little models and like he'll he'll like yeah he is a yeah simulator, he's the one right? yeah Exactly. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he's the one that did the Rogue Wave Simulator. He also has a really good point about the Bermuda Triangle, and that is the fact that currently we have cruise ships that frequent that path through the Bermuda Triangle constantly year-round, and we have no cruise ships disappearing off the face. Of I was going to ask you though, what is the most recent disappearance? Because there's had to have been one or two, right? 
So before we did this episode, what were you thinking was the most uh, recent? Don't, Beca- uh, plane and I mean, ship. You don't really hear about it very often. So I thought probably, probably the torpedo bombers, or maybe something in the seventies. Um, okay, so seventies is kind of what I was thinking. I didn't really think that uh, there was anything more recent yeah, than that. Yeah, which is what got me curious and come to find out that the 70s is a good guess from you and I because that was where the regular stopping point would be but (laughs) there has been stuff that has disappeared in plane and ship uh, likenesses that started back up in 2000 and 2005 Uh, 1978 was The last time that something had disappeared as far as a plane goes. And then there was a time jump to 2005 where a um, small plane called the Piper PA disappeared. And three people were on board, never found. 2007, uh, April 10th, another of the same model plane but newer disappeared with two fatalities that were listed. Mm. Were corpses recovered? That they found bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, February 23rd of 2017, the Turkish airline flight TK-183 was forced to change its direction over Havana, Cuba, and uh, to Washington. And it was because of electrical problems that started happening, or did not start happening, until they got over the Bermuda Triangle and they were forced to land before crashing. Uh, 2017, also on May 15th, a private aircraft was 24,000 feet when it vanished from the radar and radio contact with air traffic controllers in Miami. The plane wreckage was later found. Uh, Incidents with C, all the reports stopped at 1980, and then they started popping back up 2015. There was two 14-year-old boys that went on a fishing trip on their 19-foot boat. And the pair's boat was found a little later on the coast of Bermuda, but the boys have not been seen since. Okay. So, there you have it. The triangle has returned to claim those who don't believe. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, that's absolutely terrifying to me. Um, so, we now have more relevant reports of Ships going missing, planes crashing, bodies are being found. I mean, it's. Uh, would you deem, personally, in your opinion, would you deem Bermuda Triangle safe for travel, safe for adventure? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've got questions because there's people that live there that are in those waters all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if they've ever seen it. Has anybody ever stopped to be like, hey, have you seen any strange anomalies, sir or madam? (laughs) You know, they never talk about that. Yeah, so... It's it's almost like they don't want the illusion. Do you think that it's even strange to them? Probably not. It's almost like they don't want the illusion broken, too. Like, everybody's afraid to dive too deep for the truth because once the truth is shattered or the truth is out there then they no longer have something to sit around and speculate about. I mean, think about it. 
I'd be devastated if I was told. Eh, you know. It's nothing. I was sniping these people from the distance, you know? Like some dude on an island just shooting these people down from their planes. It would bum me out. It would be the same. Do you think that would it... What if it is something like that? That would be kind of the bigger letdown for all of us believers out there. Is that we would have it be something political. Like there's a government that's making sure that... Or like a government base and they're just killing everybody that comes too close to it. Or crashing their ship. Could be. Could very well be. Another popular fan theory was that the U.S. can control the weather, and that's where they test harp. their weapon. Harp, the harp weapon. Yeah, that's where they test harp. Yeah, I've heard of that one. So what do you think of... Mm. Mm. I don't know. Uh, what do I think about it? Yeah, I want to know what your opinion is on it. What, what, what do you think is most plausible? Human error. I, I, I want to believe in the aliens. I want to believe in the um, wormhole theory. But it's it's most likely going to be, at the end of the day, human error. There's a lot of mistakes you can make out on the ocean. It's, it's scary. There's a lot of mistakes that you can make uh, in a plane. That is That, too, is scary. Especially back in the 40s when, you know, it was still kind of a relatively new concept, you know. Um, mm. Not dramatically new. It had only been around for about, what, 50 years at that point, roughly? So, I mean... Roundabout, somewhere around that's, there. That's scary. That That's like, you know, iPhones haven't even been around that long. You know what I mean? Like, when you think yeah. about it, it's like, that's... Okay, we're still figuring shit out about iPhones. Um, yeah. Uh, not no, to cut you off, but if you could generate me another Oh, yeah, link, of course, of course. Yeah. My friend. Uh, while you're doing that, though, I did skip something else. Uh, there was one in 2020, believe it or not, during the midst of uh, the Pandy Wandy uh, on December 28th of 2020. Yeah, I'm trying to make Wandy. it seem yeah. less less threatening, the Pandy Wandy. Um but there was one where it was a not a 29 foot blue and white Mako Cuddy cabin vessel with a twi- with 20 people on board. It was last seen publicly during the departure of December 28th, 2020. Okay. So uh, and where was this heading you said? Uh to Bermuda. To Bermuda. It's disappeared. I don't know. That that's a wild one. That's uh it's definitely a wild card. Didn't expect that. And it was a passenger plane. So that kind of trips me up a little bit, too. No, that oh, wasn't oh. a plane. That was oh, a, it was a ship. ship. Oh, it my was a fault. ship with my 20 fault. people on board. Huh. Yeah, a ship with 20 people on board. And the last time that it was seen publicly was on December 28th of 2020. So you know what's crazy about that? What if it, these people have been waiting the entire pandemic? Everybody's been wearing masks. Everybody's been on lockdown. Yeah. It started loosening up around mm-hmm. December. And so they were like, oh, we finally get to go out. Let's get on the ship. We'll have 20 people. We'll get our best friends. Everybody's been locked up. We're going to go have a good time on the ocean. And then gone. Fucking gone. Never to be seen from again. The corona didn't get you. The fucking Bermuda Triangle. And if it ain't one thing, it's the other. So that's that's the way it works, man. Yes. That's how it works. Um, 
I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's just terrifying to me. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like a really good... Uh, the Bermuda Triangle has always been a mystery. I've always... I used to think about it constantly as a kid. Because you thought it was going to be a bigger problem Honestly, than used what to it draw. was. <laughs> well, no, not, not that it was an issue. Just because I was really curious what did all of it. Because I watched Travel Channel yeah. all the time. So I would spend time like drawing like Bermuda Triangle. And then I would like have sunken ships and shit on the top of my paper, which I got yeah. in trouble for. But I've just always wondered. And it would be a real letdown if it was something as simple as government type stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. It would I don't be know. a bummer. It would definitely be a bummer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it was a good lead-in for us to do our Summer of Mystery and Adventure. The Bermuda Triangle seemed like a really good midway point for us to talk about Summer of a Mystery and Adventure mixed with our normal Halloween topics because it's just spooky. It's creepy. What's making it disappear? That's everything that's spooky and creepy about Halloween. All the stuff you can't explain. Bermuda Triangle. Bam. It's like it's got its own holiday constantly. Yeah, true. The magic of Halloween just, just sits just in the Bermuda there. Triangle until that's the 31st. It shoots out. Yeah. Swirling. It just blossoms out. Oh. Well, I think that it's a good time for us to go ahead and bring in our interviewee. I think that is true. Um, that is a good call. We actually have an interview today with a gentleman by the name of Brandon Stroud. Hey. There he is. Hello, sir. There he is. There he is. Let's applaud him in. Oh, man. Thanks for coming on the yeah, show, so, bud. Yeah. For... Hey, you know, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I don't think uh, our link was working correctly for him there, so he had to make some it adjustments. It happens, man. It happens. Technology, it's a blessing and a curse, yeah. right? We're, we're dealing with it constantly because all three of us are spread out everywhere, so we, we always have to do this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was that button? You guys are all buddies? Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. are all buddies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Childhood, childhood best friends. Yeah. Um, since we were like 13, we used to run at Haunted House, which was what started all of this. Um, we used to do short films and stuff like that. And yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. Which yeah. for everybody out there that is going to be listening, uh, as I said, this is Brandon. He is the owner of the Eek Vintage Heller. Should I do more of an emphasis? Eek! <laughs> Should I give it out? Get it in there. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. You didn't, so I appreciate that. Vintage Halloween shop, and uh, which piqued my interest as soon as I saw that, because anything vintage Halloween, because as we like to talk about on this podcast, things are not the magical Halloween that I remember as a kid. And no, not even close. You know, and when I say I'm selling vintage goods, I mean actual goods from my childhood. You know, not. Not reproductions, not oh, really uh, cool. recreations of old things, but legitimate things that I'm searching for to make you know make that happen for people who want to feel. That is There's actually man. it's becoming. Like, sorry, I don't mean to cut. Becoming you off. more and more of a. Th huh. You're good. No, I, I, it's just it becomes more. It's becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, the vintage collecting, especially uh, coming down to the the Halloween uh, vintage collectibles and things like that. 
Um, before we dip further into that, uh, something else that kind of piqued our interest whenever we were all discussing this interview is that you uh, not only run the store, but you also have dabbled in some spookiness, some, some unknowns, mysteries, and things like that. And before we dive into the meat and potatoes of it, we're kind of curious, because we just talked about the Bermuda Triangle. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I thought we were going to be doing an wow. on-location <laughs> live stream so that we could show everybody what is going on there. But uh, look, I mean, I, I've been interested in the Bermuda Triangle since I was a kid. I'm not an expert. and I don't mm -hmm. know a lot, but... I just feel like if I'm going to go non-spooky for a minute, non-metaphysical, let's get all the analytical yeah. stuff out of the way. You know, the area is one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world, right. number one, right? So it, it, it has a, a great um, the great potential for a, a lot more going on. It's got a lot of coverage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that there's any – I don't think there's any evidence of mysterious disappearances occur – occurring with any greater frequency in the Bermuda Triangle than maybe any other spot in the ocean. We were literally just I think it got a lot He's on the same page. We literally just said that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if, if you want to say, you know, something legitimate, you could say water spouts, <laughs> maybe bad, bad weather, human error, um, stuff like that. I mean, I do think it's interesting. I always thought it was interesting that in the age of satellites, that we have not managed to figure out what causes right? the failure in the triangle right? to like, begin with. Uh, yeah. Between technology, satellite, me meteorological technology, I mean, you think it'd be figured out. So I guess that's probably what makes me consider that something might right. be hidden. Um, it has been talked about for a long time. I mean, even dating back to, um, to Christopher Columbus, I know that he had logged about bizarre yeah. compass bearings in that area, stuff like that. But, I'm, it's very, it's just very fascinating, it is. isn't it? I mean, that's what I was telling to Chad. It's something that's always piqued my interest because I didn't know which side I was on. I always didn't think that there was like some sort of alien base. I'm, I'm, I'm past that with alien base underneath. I mean, I don't know what they would even be doing. Like, what I don't see the purpose. It's, They're grabbing it's, it's sources, man. Stuff it's like always that. sources. Like, they want the materials, you know. The, the yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They. <laughs> They want that cheap ass steel yeah. that the company saved a lot of money on using to make the cruise ship. That's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if if, if if the boats are sinking and the planes are crashing, then it's probably time to use a <laughs> right. submarine. Yeah, <laughs> and it's obviously not happening to every single one of them. Uh, but it's funny that you brought up the Christopher Columbus and the compass thing because it's actually a documented thing that there's a part of that triangle in the ocean. Where it's known, like, it's supposed to throw the compasses off. And a lot of people don't account for that. Yeah. And so whenever they get into that part of it, whether they're flying or in a ship, they automatically think that they got turned around somehow. So they try to overcorrect and end up crashing, whether it be plane or ship. Which is... That's a great point. Uh, That's a great point. Now, did you guys see the, the BBC special? Probably, I mean, it was probably 15 years ago or something. It was like a Mythbusters. They showed that maybe there's some sort of sulfuric acid bubbling mm. from the depths that can overcome yeah, like a, you know, uh, ships, stuff like that. Um, it's pretty interesting. Almost like a, a methane type. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we had mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we were just 
Yeah, we were talking about that that same gentleman. He was also doing the models of the old ships and showing that rogue waves could, de- depending on the cargo and everything else, uh, completely bury the ship under a 100-foot wave. We're not talking about baby waves for everybody listening. When they say rogue wave, they're talking in the middle of the ocean, just a random 100-foot wave coming. I mean, that wouldn't account for the planes, but um, one thing that him and I, uh, Chad and I, both were kind of curious about, and it it has me even more curious now that we found an answer to, when do you think would be the last time, uh, year, that somebody disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle? Well, you, I, I, think, I think it was like 2015. I was trying to read up a little bit before I before I came on. Is, is yeah, it? Yeah. Am I right on uh, that? 2015 for a plane and 2020 for a ship that had 20 people on it. That's incredible. I mean, I you know I'm more fascinated at this point by the Malaysia flight that had I think like 229 <laughs> or 30. Yeah. Where did that go? Were you just talking about? We that? haven't talked about that yet. That's fascinating to me. You know, I mean, not, not to move off the, the Bermuda Triangle thing for a minute, but I, you know, that's that's one that the volume of people is what blows my mm-hmm. mind about that. I guess it took off clear skies ahead and then it changed trajectory and then they lost focus yeah. of where it was. And it's, it's gone very episode of Lost is what it is. Completely, which is, completely. makes it even more strange. Chad, you're, you've been i don't know if you were even into lost but you've dug deep into film and i just i'm curious <laughs> the malaysia thing to me every time the whole time i was hearing about it was i was like lost this is lost they're on an island somewhere like they're <laughs> completely i mean it's very interesting i think if at this point just to summarize my my thoughts on the bermuda triangle i think if everyone everything keeps disappearing then we should probably just all throw our trash and our garbage right. in there and just Clean up plan a little yeah, bit. I mean, if it's, be, if it's not no. harming wherever it's going, um, no, no, it's I don't know, it's just it's it was strange, especially some of the disappearances where they were finding ships or small boats and the people were gone, like the boats were still there, but they were mm-hmm. gone. But I guess that could be explained by getting thrown overboard or just imagine being the family. Imagine being the family of these people with absolutely yeah, see, no that's answers. What, that's what we you know? were talking about, because the 2020 thing happened shortly after we all started coming out of our houses again, after the, the good old pandy-wandy. And, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> these people, the 20 <laughs> people, I would assume friends are on the ship, and then they just disappear. You finally get to get out of the house after being on lockdown from the virus, and that's not what yeah. gets you? I know. It's wild, man. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Ah. It, it, I think it is, man. Rogue I think it's the rogue wave. Now, let's be honest. It's probably. Well, yeah, yeah, possibly. The... Man, the, I, the um, I, I think I think my my uh, socks are going in the same place. Yeah. As <laughs> wherever these appearing. things are, my 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 Vanishing. watching is yeah. very, I think. Uh, <laughs> very, all very mysterious. Do a podcast on that next. Where are my things go in my house? I think that uh, they they. Might have touched on that in an old Disney Channel original movie <laughs> on where the socks disappeared to <laughs> Chad. Oh, I'm the vintage king here. Let me think. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember if it was a uh, a horror, one of Disney's horror films or not. Like there, well, it was there. <laughs> I know. 
Halloween Town 2, I think, is what it was when the, the oh. Mort, I think, is the goblin that lives in the woods. How? Oh, man, I stopped watching after the first one. I mean, I did watch the other ones, but um, actually just 15 months old, I just show them Halloween Town because they got to break mm-hmm. them in yeah. slowly. Absolutely. Obviously. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. I guess the Bermuda Triangle escapes us. It's even more of a mystery. Um, it is. I don't know. I don't think that we're going to get the Bermuda Triangle secrets until it's ready to give up the secrets, if there are any. My apologies. Hopefully my microphone didn't completely crap out on me there. Oh, no. No, you're, you're good. Um, I don't, the biggest disappointment with the Bermuda Triangle, just to put it, I guess, at a final resting place, is that it's all man-made reasons. We were talking like maybe it's like uh, a base that somebody doesn't want people getting close to, so they sink a ship, or whether if it's yeah. harp weather control testing out in the Bermuda, or... that yeah. would be a letdown. Like, <laughs> that, I thought you were asking me what the no. biggest letdown. I would say that it's hardly yeah. triangles. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it's a bit, a bit of a... obtuse. We what? don't know what's happened there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Now, who's the guy? Who's the guy that named it? There was like a writer. I don't know if he's like a science fiction writer or something that named it the Devil's Triangle or Bermuda's Triangle. I mean, someone gave it the name and gave some focus to it, and that's why you know it started getting popularity. I think. No, you I are think. correct, and I cannot. Uh, it was coined by the writer Vincent Gaddis in 1964. Uh, he wrote a popular article in the Men's Pulp magazine, Argosy. I'm butchering the name, but okay. yeah, it was uh, Vincent Gaddis. He was the first person to t- uh, to coin the term Bermuda Triangle. Very interesting. Well, it lasts, and here we are talking about it, so he uh, mission accomplished. Nice job, man. <laughs> so, nice. now that we've touched on our Bermuda Triangle thing, more into yes. stuff about you. We are quite interested in this uh, Shaker Cigar Bar association that you have i'll let you go into a little bit more detail but we know the story behind the shaker cigar bar uh, i believe as far as i remember watching because it's been hunted uh, by the ghost hunters on travel channel and things like that Uh, our boys i think taps was there if i'm not mistaken i think they once or twice yeah yeah so it's the cigar bar that used to be owned by al capone is that better you better wind me up like, I feel like I'm getting back into the script mode when I do tours at this location. Yeah, so uh, uh, for anybody that sure. doesn't know, we want to have some history. And I'm curious if you think it's really yeah. haunted, what's happened, what's yeah. bullshit. We want the scoop. Okay. I think as anybody who's trying to convince you of something would start by saying, they would say that they're a healthy skeptic and they don't believe. So what happened to them, you know, changed them forever. I mean... Yes and no. I definitely am a healthy skeptic. I definitely went in with an mm-hmm. open mind. I love the genre of horror and Halloween, but as far as like really investing in whether or not I believe in ghosts, I just I've been neutral my whole life. I never I've never had an experience. So we, that's me. Going we to are the Shaker Cigar Bar. Chad more so than me. I, okay. I put a lot of belief in wanting it to happen, and he just straight out says that shit is real. I have a tendency to piss people off because I I try 
to debunk things as much as I humanly can. Not because I don't want to believe, but just because I feel like everything can be explained somehow, you know? You said a werewolf was lot off of the swamp. That's what you said. Okay, sorry, we're off topic. We're off topic. Continue. No. It's gonna be a healthy it's gonna be a healthy conversation then. I'll I'll be um okay, so just a little background, you know, I I did this years ago in Milwaukee. That's where this is actually located. And I did it for the story. I mean I yeah, I wanted the experience, but I love having experiences that I can share with my my kids and my grandkids one day. So I thought this is gonna be right. a trip. So I did it for about three months, which I think equated to like thirty tours or something it's like super that. Awesome, late night though, tours. To say that I you mean, even did it, yeah. Oh that, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. Now I'm I'm here on this podcast <laughs> talking about it and that's why I did it. So I did this ghost tour. I met the the owner of Shakers. His name's Bob Weiss. He's very present on social media and in YouTube. You can look him up and actually follow the Shakers channel. Why am I promoting him? I don't know. <laughs> and um, what? <laughs> follow my link to Shakers. Well, I don't live in Milwaukee anymore. But look, I went there and, like I said, I kept an open mind. I shook hands with the guy. I said, "Tell me everything you know about this place." He was mum about it because he wanted me to have my own unique okay, experience. That's so actually good. That's script. positive. That's a positive note. It, I, I agree. It would be very easy to like get a young person in and, and try to like romanticize yeah. the whole situation. But he's like, you know, you know, there's something going on here. People talk. He's like, but you know, have your own experience. So I went in, uh, I had my first tour. I learned the script, which I'll get into some of the more like historical details in a minute here. Um, learn the script and he said, you know, make it your own, but st stick with the, the facts and stuff. I did research on this like crazy. He said, he's like, I went to the library down in Milwaukee. I verified dates, times, places. So he, he, he really knew the building and knew what he was uh, mm -hmm. in for. And this guy's a marketing genius, which by the way, I think, I think that's important to know, especially if you're a skeptic that this guy knows okay. what he has and he knows what he's doing. And I'm not calling him a liar yeah. or anything. Um, I, I don't think that he has animatronics and, and things you know working <laughs> behind the scenes but he definitely knows how to milk what he has and it can put a veil mm -hmm. over you as a customer and as a tour guide working there where you want to yeah. believe so he's, um, he's, he's good I've been with there the marketing but he's not pulling the old zach bagan's haunted museum in las vegas with the <laughs> i sure hope not. i sure hope not i really so back to what you're saying al capone so al capone owned this facility but it was called the abc bottling factory uh and i believe this was in like close to the 20s so the abc bottling factory factory was just a front because this was during the prohibition of mm -hmm. course and what it actually was was a speakeasy as i'm sure you imagine now where it gets really interesting is the actual area itself used to have brothels and speakeasies all right. over so that is a very historic area in milwaukee that i lived for a couple of years um in Right before you go into the building, the alleyway it has old, where horses used to be like locked up. The old chains are still hanging from the. I mean, you feel the presence oh. the second you walk up to the building, just history standpoint alone. Uh, so the theory goes before Al Capone, it was actually a, of course, you're going to laugh, a native burial mm. ground. Okay, of course it was. <laughs> what was it after that? It it was a, a Milwaukee cemetery oh. actually did and this I move into that space. So first it was a native burial ground, then a regular cemetery. Then we get Al Capone, who's killing people left and right. It was at one point a stop that uh, 
sailors would use to get a drink. Uh, there's a very sordid past with that as far as uh, people getting killed from uh, altercations with that. And it goes all the way up until about, I think, like the 70s, where the place shuts down and is literally just a facility holding people's junk. I don't even know what it was. It was just like a storage right. space. So Bob, the owner, comes in around, I think, in like the late 80s. And he's like, hey, I know what I got here. I want to open another restaurant. And uh, he made this amazing facility that has been there ever since the 80s. Um, I will add one one last bit, which is that it is a home to police, police officers, detectives. These types of people attract to this area because it's very, um, very Elliot Ness-esque. Oh, okay. You know, he's, he's created a very good close with law enforcement. Um, so that's pretty interesting bumping shoulders with them while you're, while you're there. So that's a little of the background. Yeah. So you mentioned the fact that it was a speakeasy and obviously if Al Capone ran it, there was definitely some people, I mean, I'm just going to go on a limb and say there's definitely some people that were, they disappeared like the Bermuda Triangle. Hey, we're coming full <laughs> circle here. That's it. Uh, yeah. Hey, so, right. to my understanding, the research and from the haunting, uh, I mean, for the ghost hunting episodes that I've watched, there was a well. Is that correct? That's in the bottom? <clears throat> yeah. A well? Yeah. So, it's not, it's not an actual well, and it's a, um, the, the name escapes me, even though I said it a million times. It's actually, um, I don't know what it's being, it's not being used for anything now. I mean, it's covered up with wood panels. The basement is by far what you would imagine one of the scariest spaces. In fact, I used to be the first one after the dinner rush, I would come in to open up shop, which is turning the lights on upstairs and flicking the, you know, I would make a point. I would go with my, my little phone light and I would go all the way to the very back of the, of the cellar and work my way, turning the lights on as I got back up to the stairs. And I, I hated it, man. It was chilling. It was absolutely chilling. But about midway through the cellar, there's this giant, uh, hole full of water, and I'm try again. I'm trying to remember what they used it for. There was a practical application for it that's escaping me right now. Um, but now it sits as this sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's sort of magnetic in a way. Like I, I don't mean that literally. I mean like you're you are kind of drawn to it. I would have people hover around. This wasn't in the script, but I thought it was so interesting. I'd have people hover around in a circle. I would explain to them that people did think that they had seen faces in there, and this was part right. of my script. Um, we'd see faces in there and there was some sort of magnetic activity, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's really all there was to it. I never had any experiences with that, nor did any of my coworkers. So I don't really think there's much interest mm. there, but the, the cellar was terrifying and they claimed at the very back, that's where a body was, was buried. Yeah. Um, something else, something to do with, of course, which is where I was kind of trying to lead to it because i knew that it was in the cellar so you said that there were uh eerie feelings is there anything that anytime that you've actually done a tour where you i don't even want to go on the limb and say saw something because i'm such a skeptic but and i mean felt something saw something yeah. experienced something, heard something yeah a absolutely absolutely uh it's funny that when you're doing a ghost tour, even for a short amount of time, all of the people who are there, and a lot of them are drinking heavily or there for, to celebrate some event. Usually the groups mm -hmm. are pretty big. They, they want an experience. So they're gonna, they're gonna like make sure that it happens yeah. one way or the other for themselves. Right. 
And my job is to be the entertainer and try to lead them and have, have a great night. But at the same time, you know, I am not a ghost expert and yet I get treated as such when I'm doing these tours, which is really funny because when something goes bump, they cling to me, like protect me, protect me, but I'm not, I'm just as scared protect as me, ghost you know? man, so, please, God. Exactly. So I had this uh, invisible armor around me of confidence. Um, but I will tell you, yeah, so the, the one story here, and my wife still to this day says that I was white in the face when I came home. I'm leading a tour group of about 20 people, which is actually pretty significant to walk all the way through this entire facility uh, with all of them, not losing them. And we're down in the gift shop area. So it's the first floor, just to paint a picture, it's the first floor where you enter. That's the restaurant, the restaurant seating, the bathrooms, the bar, uh, downstairs the cellar which we talked about and then two floors upstairs but we're on the first floor and we're on the way back so you enter and you go all the way way back and there's a merchandise counter selling jeffrey dimer t-shirts and all this cool stuff and all of a sudden i hear a big clatter and i already knew what it was i thought this guy had been drinking a lot i thought he fell back into the glass merchandise case so i said guys hold on one sec i stopped the tour i said hey are you all right and i look up and there was a storage unit. There's a storage unit that they kept all of their chairs and supplies and all this crap in. But for some reason, it was visible from the first floor. You could actually see it was just like a loft, but it was completely revealed and open. So everyone in the bar could see it okay. at all times. I watched a camera tripod, which was laying completely down on the ground, lift, I'd say, approximately four or five feet up in the air, and then drop, okay? So you would think that I would now be immediately, like, absolved of any doubt I had mm -hmm. for being a skeptic. And yet I, I still don't know what to do with this, this information. So after this happened, of course, nobody saw it. So I couldn't share this moment with anyone. I said, guys, hold on one sec. I stopped the tour. I went into the loft. And I said to myself, I'm like, Brandon, if you don't go up there right now and see if there's somebody or something up there, like you're going to regret not knowing if somebody was up yeah. there fooling around. I climbed up there. The only way to get up to the loft is a tiny little ladder. I climbed up there. I looked. Just crap laying everywhere. So after that day, my mind was uh. <laughs> far more open, open than it was before. Subsequently, uh, about two or three nights later, I had just as big of a group come by of about 20 people. And my least favorite place to be in that entire building was the third floor where the, uh, the main character of their little script, who was a, uh, a worker at the, at, she was a prostitute at the brothel. She got murdered. And uh, this has been verified. That third floor was so terrifying to me because it didn't look scary. <laughs> it was the most neutral bedroom which by the way and I'll, I'll we'll talk about this later but i i spent the night there that is a almost a thousand dollar a night stay that i got to do for free uh which that's i made a video on that on youtube but that's is that the going thing. rate to stay in I, a haunted room now it, it is it's somewhere between five five and a hundred and a thousand i think it's closer to a thousand dollars it might be like eight i think it was like eight hundred is that what like it that. runs it's out there for you uh, i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure like um, like haunted rooms and things like that I mean, I know Fla here. Flagstaff, uh, we have, you know, the, um, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but it was a hotel where brutal murders had happened, like a gigantic massacre had happened and occurred. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's probably up there, I would say. Yeah, it's expensive. It's not cheap, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's an experience, you know. No. That's right. That's right. So that, that third floor, um, so I don't know if we have time here to tell you how this girl got murdered here. Um, this is big big part of their story. This woman was very, very young. I mean, I think like 12, maybe 13 when she was doing her work. And that was pretty common back then. And she was the number one star. And um, she was brutally murdered. I mean, I'll save the long, long, long story. But she was brutally murdered by a guy who she um, thought Mm -hmm. loved her. It was like her father's best friend of all people. And they actually found her bones, verified this, uh, probably about 15 years ago or so. They found the bones when they were doing some restoration work out, um, uh, I think it was in the bathroom, and they dug up the tiles and they got the bones tested because, again, the owner, Bob, has all these detective friends uh. and all this. They got it tested and they were human girl about that age. So third floor, very scary. Um, and so I took a group of 20 people up there and it was a woman's bachelorette party and we're all having a great time. We're doing dowsing rods, which, by the way, is so silly you know and so fun but you're always I've got to sit myself and it, it, I mean there you're gonna get a result no matter what's going on so they're, they're yeah you're gonna get a result no matter what yep. but they were eating it up they were it. but then we all heard from the distance in a back room that was being restored in the little kitchen area we all heard plain as day just like that okay now I've seen the conjuring okay I know there's a little character clap right Clear as day echoing in this tile bathroom. Then it happens again. Half the group <laughs> leaves. There's the other things to me. Like I know what I'm now. I can't verify it was a clap. It's true. True. Yeah. So it sounded like a clap. So someone upstairs downstairs. What I don't know. Then to round this story off here, the necklace, which I don't. I think it was a reproduction of the girl who got murdered, was sitting around the vanity mirror. Begins shaking back and forth going back and forth so i stop it with my hands and i say to them i go let's all do a little test we turn the fans off we all jump in unison i want to see what's causing this to happen we couldn't recreate uh-huh. it that's fascinating so that's other than right. the uh the, the yeah. tripod thing has me curious um and I think Chad's got one too, but I'm going to slip mine in real quick. So the tripod thing, was it, would you say it was an actual four to five feet or is it like at an angle where you couldn't possibly tell? No, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. I mean, look, look forward with where you're at Mm -hmm. right now and just look up at what would be, uh, you know, the second story. And that's a valid, that's a valid question because that's, you're looking up, you're not seeing right. the full picture. Um, but this thing was about tucked away about midway on the loft and just straight up. And I, and, and what I originally thought was, you know, people were asking me, Oh, did it go like this? Like where maybe something right. fell on it and it kind of like that. No, no, no. I mean, we're talking like this, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, but again, I don't know what to do with that information. So I'm not sitting here saying I got this amazing story and then here's the result like of what I think. And now I know everything about the afterlife. I, I almost put it in the file in my brain. Like never well, happened. Happen. I almost ref- I've got several no. of those. But the reason that I believe you 
is because the fact that you didn't run with the story. You know what I'm saying? You you are you tried to file it away. Yeah. It was like, ah, did it happen? Maybe it did. It freaked yeah. me out. I don't know. <sighs> so, so, so I do have one thing. I, I, I know we want to, I definitely want to talk about um, Eek. So before we, before we do that, yeah. I just have one last question on my behalf. D- did you notice anything like did, did this activity kind of start right when the restorations kind of started or or do you think that, like that the two may be kind of um can interconnected in some shape form or fashion or like question like disturbing the yeah the yeah like did, did you personally see more activity during the restoration rather than when they were you know not doing the restoration but it seems like to me you know some of those older older bars they're, they're, the the upkeep is always ever going um maybe i'm wrong about that but that's just what it appears to be from what i've seen no spot on you're right about that i think it i think it's been ongoing for quite some time um some of the bigger changes that they've been doing happened around the time i was there but some of the better stories happened before i was there uh when the restoration was not as intense some of the stories are just too unbelievable to even mm. take seriously um so we'll never know. But no, very. that's a very good question. Yeah, I'm sure they were pissed. I mean, it, it's it's just very, very bizarre. I, and I'm sure you guys have heard this joke before, but it's like, why are all the ghosts from this yeah. era? Why aren't you don't you don't <laughs> listen? You don't hear any ghosts going. It's oh, Britney, bitch. God. Like, you don't hear any. When a ghost you know? shows up in that teal and purple uh, full body windbreaker that they used to have in the 80s. That's when I'm That's gonna like, be down. I'm sold. I'm sold. When you I'm don't hear claps, no. you don't hear moans, you don't hear thumps, but you hear the sound of the windbreaker, the ch 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 through your house. That's what you hear coming. Good transition into vintage. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> so I, I have to ask, what inspired you to to start this shop? I mean, obviously, you love Halloween just like we do. We're obsessed with it. I mean, it's always been that. To me, it's almost more magical than Christmas. Like I love Christmas, but there's something about Halloween. You know, it's just what what was it for you? It's like I've created by accident I a, co- a collection that turned into a shop that has become a portal into the past. Actually, it's it's like the world that I want to live in, but I can't live in there all the time. So I. You know, I just get to be in my room with all my junk and I get to have a good feeling, but I want to share it with others. That's that's the real feeling, you know, other than acting like I'm a, a genius entrepreneur who's trying to uh, make some money here. But I do hope to make money with it because I've never taken it seriously until this mm-hmm. year. I had the shop opened on Instagram for close to a year. Then I had a kid and I had to stop for a little bit. Um, but now I'm very serious about it. Um I'm very serious about it because, like you said, I mean, it's such a big part of my life, that magic that I am trying to bottle up. I'm trying to hang on to it. And maybe there's no, a sadness to that. No. But if I want to have a – I mean, yeah, you guys wouldn't <laughs> think that. I, in my – I'm in the right yeah, I'm in the right room here. But This is like uh, AA for, for Halloween addicts. We're, yeah. we're, we're, it's the it's opposite, not, though. Yeah. I guess in my more noble pursuit, I'm trying to preserve a sort mm. of history because that, that is something that is well. The name Eek came from me trying to be overly clever by saying the word antique. 
and spelling it with the E's. But then I looked at it and I'm like, that's pretty kind of tacky. But so the essence was oh, still no, there. That's, that, that's, that's um, cool. And T. I see it. I, I totally see <laughs> it and I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that was the start of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the, the backstory there. N- nothing too over the top, but, um, but yeah, I love it. I mean, I have a reason now my wife's anywhere nearby listening. I have a reason to buy the stuff because I'm running yeah. a business. These are business <laughs> I mean, expenditures, honey. Yeah. Like we've got. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's the quick origin story. I'm obsessed with Halloween as well. I want to share that with other people. I anticipate my main uh, target audience is probably millennials, mm-hmm. people our age, people who want to go back to that. Again, I'm not interested in selling an, uh, an like Hot Topic will sell a Nirvana right, shirt yeah. to a 13-year-old kid who's never heard of them. I want to sell the item that smells like the 80s, you know, an old VHS. But I want the yeah. items to be good. I mean, I, there's a quality check for sure. Um, but it has to be from the era. I mean, uh, otherwise, what's the yeah. point? Do you Which, have a – oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was <laughs> just going to say that just like your store, this – podcast was born out of a necessity of the fact that we were losing as we've gotten older our nostalgia because we always look forward to it but we were losing that feeling the spark of the 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 mystery the magic of halloween and then we also noticed something that the halloween community was just turning into horror movies and so that's kind of what pushed us to so it was it was it was a necessity uh and we are we've been doing this for about as long as that you've been doing your shop our one year anniversary is going to be July twenty first. Yeah, pretty sure, yeah, next month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if we're on the same page as far as that goes. This, this nostalgia of my childhood is the reason that I am here with what we have going on currently. Hundred percent, and I mean that's what we're selling. Yeah, I mean, you know, figuratively right. speaking, that's what we're selling. And this, you know? so is this your relaunch of the store? Yeah, it is because what I did was, I I heard that Instagram was a better way of selling stuff because you're cutting out the middleman of Etsy and eBay and stuff like that. So I started doing it because I was on social media all the time. Anyway, um, I did pretty well. I was actually surprised. I didn't really have a direction. I didn't know at the time about two years ago that I wanted to do 80s and 90s. Although it seemed like those are the things I was gravitating towards. I would sell anything. Um, But that didn't feel good. So I'm like, let's, let's reel it in and let's start coming up with a way to like really hone in on what, like you guys said, like the magic of Halloween is for me. Because if I'm going to be doing this 24-7, I got to be exactly. obsessed with it. Um, and the era I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. is from my childhood. So, um, yeah. Uh, so to, to answer your question, it is kind of a relaunch. And what I'm doing in about a month from now, this is what I have been just working so hard for, is putting all the steps in place to be able to do a proper launch with a website, uh, which I'm working on now. A uh, full Instagram makeover, so things are more cohesive. Making sure that all my packaging is cohesive as well, aesthetically. Um, and this year is about breaking even and figuring out who I am as a brand and who my my audience is. That's all I'm yeah. trying to do. That's it. Sounds like, like the exact same spot that we're in with our branding, and the same situation, honestly. Yep. Chad, was there something specific that you wanted to ask? I, you mentioned I, I it mean, to yeah, me, and I had yeah, no knowledge. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's a few different things. Uh, one of the okay. things I, I just wanted to know, <laughs> I, I've seen, I, I've seen, I've been creeping your Instagram. No, um, I, I saw a, a Goonies um, storybook. Blew my mind. 
and I don't want you to give away your secrets because I don't want your I don't want it to affect your business. But do you have a process when finding these items where you're like, I gotta have it. I will do whatever it takes to have it. And this is kind of a second question in that mix. Is there something from like your childhood specifically where you are you're seeking after it right now, but you either have not found it or you have found it? What Ooh, is the it? golden the golden the, egg the golden egg the golden ticket? Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, great question. I mean that that's a enthusiast question right there um, because you know you're always hunting for the golden egg. I mean, obviously, it, I. So your your first question, I I'm totally open about saying my process because I, I want other people to do this. I'm not hoarding any, um, any secrets, uh, at all. I mean, I, I go to the goodwill once a week. Okay. That's, that's the first thing I do. That's like, forget antique shops, eBay hunting, all the things I spend a lot of my time doing deep dives on, but like just run of the mill, like business as usual. I go to the goodwill, but I think what people don't know, and if they do want to collect, here's what, here's what they're going to want to know. October is the worst month to shop for Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. and after, so you want to hit it like now this summer leading up to Halloween is the best time. The speed at which I look through books in the children's section is like, (laughs) you know, prodigy level, like just, and you know, my dad asked me recently, he's like, are you looking only for the orange books? I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, if I see a busted spine, my brain filters that out. Okay. I don't Mm. want that. Um, there's a certain like area at the goodwill store you know with like the kids books not the novels not the thicker but like literally just the kids books that's where the the nostalgia is for me so yeah i'm going very quick you have to dig when you go through those shelves at the goodwill i mean you have to dig you gotta glove up and you gotta get in there because it blows my mind that i could come back from any goodwill trip week after week and have a haul of 80s and 90s stuff um but you you guys because you guys are obsessed with halloween too you would be just as good at this that you have built up a database of the of the look of what a 90s or 80s item looks like. So you save yourself a lot of time. If you're an amateur, you're on your phone going, oh, let me check and see if the, you know, the date and the brand. No, no, I know the brands. I know that, you know, and I'm getting better at it every day. So deep dive, goodwill, get your gloves on. Um, and then to answer your other question, I mean, yeah, and, and of course, antique shops, at, you know, eBay, wh- whatever I can do to search and hunt, family, friends. I've even gone door to door to ask people who are older to say, Hey, do you have anything that I could buy off you? You can give to me because they That's are actually really smart. Probably the main... I didn't even, well, that and yeah, they're hoarding. I mean, my grandma alone has boxes yeah. of crap that, she, you know, we haven't, even... um, but in regards to the, the golden egg to get back to that, I'm obsessed. There, there are like a couple shows and things that are like obsessions of mine, like Avril real mm-hmm. monsters, Beetlejuice, uh, especially Beetlejuice, the cartoon series, like things that I feel like, um, really like shaped my interest in in, um, in in this genre. But specifically, I don't have a specific one item, but I will say that I hope in time, if this business is successful, to do more obscure okay. things from my childhood. Uh, the shows that only had one season or, or that, that weird movie that you, you, know, you only saw one time, that only appeared once on TV. So I want to get into that kind of stuff if I build my audience, but I, I can't think of any... Any particular so item? Nothing that, that you can think of that if you were to get it, you would not resell it. Well, if you're asking for my personal collection, I could probably answer <laughs> yeah. that because it yeah, would be a lot of. What's that one thing that you'd be like? Oh, okay, no, no, nobody even needs to see this. Like, I would say probably for my personal collection, there's like a um, there's a blow mold that I bought 
on a whim for like three bucks at a goodwill that now I've gotten rid of it. I have hunting it to try to find it. And I can't find it. And if anyone out there, it's a giant pumpkin, but it's so ugly and weird looking. It reeks of like the seventies. I don't even know. Just like one guy made this one thing. I I don't know. That'd be, that would be tragic if it was a one-off. It really would, man. It really would. Uh, do you guys feel like you have a good, like, radar for what things look like from, like, certain eras? Yeah. Like, can you identify? Pretty sure. Yeah. For the most we, part, uh, I think so, yeah. I was born in 91. He was born... 91, so... 91, yeah. I mean, so. yeah. I was raised on yeah. 80s stuff, grew up with 90s stuff, and then teenage years in the early 2000s, so it's... I basically I just, got just showered myself with my brother's 80s hand-me-downs, so... Same. My wife yeah. thinks I'm living. She thinks I'm just an, uh, from another generation completely. Yeah. So. I used to have a Heat Man collection of all the toys. So with Transformers, yeah. The well, what do you guys think is the hallmark of the 2000s and the 2010s, and even now Halloween? Like that's tough for me to even answer. Like, what are the hallmarks of those era? I could talk about the 80s and bright colors, neons, carefree, lightheart, 70s, creepy. Actually, like maybe a little too creepy the for kids, a little more like Hallmark. Skin. What's Hallmark's? A, I think it would just be stealing stuff from other <laughs> eras, like because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands have all thrown up into the two thousand tens. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. The fl- the floral patterns came back like crazy, and not just women's dresses. I'm waiting to see leg warmers and leg weights to be a common thing again. <laughs> like it's. I'm going. I'm going to go jazzer size, man. Like that's the future. Yeah. Oh God! So, when when Peloton Peloton starts doing that on the beach on the platform with those mats and it plays that do 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 do. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, when it starts playing that, that's when I know that they're recycling. I'll say one of the things that I personally remember the most from the early 2000s onward for Halloween. Um, and, and this is a pretty common thing. You could probably find it anywhere, but like the scream mask, like I feel like those are the the most overproduced. They were riddled everywhere, from what I you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a scream mask or, yeah. um, I don't know. That's just it one that pops into my head. It didn't even matter what store that you were in: Walmart, the mall, the dollar store. There was the, a scream mask yeah, everywhere, plastered. The drug stores, like the local drug yep. stores in our old hometown, just mm-hmm. pff, it's insane. And these weird finger puppets. I don't know what they were. So maybe this is something for you. If you can find oh. these. The little I, monsters that had the yeah, arms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what the okay. hell were those? <laughs> you have them? Is that what you said? Oh, see? Not yet. There we go. I can yeah. buy back a slice of childhood. Yeah. Just... <laughs> They're, they're hard to find the to verify that they're actually from the 90s is very difficult they don't have markings mm-hmm. on them whatsoever um you have to kind of go off the word whenever there's an item that i know is from the 90s but it doesn't say it or i'm pretty sure i'll still sell it and i'll i'll make the differentiation by saying 90s styled right. rather than actually a year but yeah those are great man. those are yeah, great i completely forgot about the monsters and i guess the only other thing that is popping out as nostalgia to me. I mean, along the lines of, you know, not counting toys, but like the, everybody posts them on Instagram all the time. The uh, McDonald's Halloween pills that everybody used to have all the time that were also a cookie cutter shape on top. Yeah. Sure. Those were neat. Sure. 
Um, Absolutely. Old yep. snow globes. It's super too. nostalgic. Snow yeah, globes. Those, I mean, I've always had a thought an interest. Not like a not like a wet bandits collecting them, sticking them to my dash interest, but. <laughs> Great, great reference. <laughs> great reference. I actually, years ago, I did door to door sales and took a moment during uh, the winter time to go into a nativity scene and do a little TikTok video of myself uh, blending in with the nativity scene like Kevin McAllister. Um, Cue the John Williams, you know. You know. Sacrilegious to be sure, but definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, definitely uh, worth it. Oh, man. Well, Chad, do you have any other. I- questions for him honestly i have about a million there's one subject we didn't get we didn't get to talk to uh talk to you about um do you think we could probably squeeze it in what do you think i mean that's you're the timekeeper my friend i'm afraid to i'm afraid to because i I, i'm not sure i'm not sure what uh real quick if you can do it in five minutes if not we'll totally i still want to have you back on the show anyway it'd be awesome yeah for sure um you participated in a satanic ritual for uh For school, right? For some some class project or what? No, I don't know. I, I I misunderstood. Um, tell me, like, what? I I have to know. I'm so fascinated. I'm so fascinated. All right, I'll go quick here. So I I'm an artist as well, and, and that's a whole other part of who I am. But I did a project years ago for the Museum of Contemporary Art in Cleveland. And it was probably one of the highlights of my art career. And it was like an amateur show of like young artists and stuff. And I was in my mid twenties and the topic uh, that they sent out to artists was uh, they said, here's a band that's going to play live on the premiere night of this uh, mocha show. And we want you to like, look at one of their songs and do an art project based on like their lyrics or something. So everyone competed and submitted and whatever. And the band liked what I had to offer. And I was selected as like one of like the five, you know, young artists who got the lyrics was never what the lyrics was. And what I turned into was a project called where I got and I made little hornet's nest type balls that were supposed to invoke nightmares on those who slept underneath it instead of, you know, catching the, the nightmares. So it was a conceptual piece, and I set the whole thing up at my cousin's house who had a big stretch of property and on that property i had this whole thing set with the script uh, and i have a theater background so it was like for me it was just like directing a, a play and i got a bunch of friends together who didn't really know what they were doing i had pig's hearts i had cow's intestines i mean r- really got this this stuff and i looked up and kind of made an amalgamation of like a lot of different like devilish like talks and right. speeches and things that i could find um, and we did this massive ritual on tape. Um, believe it or not, the filmmaker who, who filmed that for us is now a filmmaker on the wall. Oh, Dead. that's He's really a good cool. Buddy of mine. Which is cool now knowing that. So it was like, he was getting his, like, you know, his beginnings. And, uh, yeah, we did this whole ritual and I was drenched in, in drenched in blood. I mean, real blood. And what they did was they were cutting open the hearts and the intestines on me and they were smearing it on my face and my body. And like, I mean, we did it up and then we burned everything that we did. We burned our, our costumes. We burned our, I mean, I think I even put my, my actual blood in the fire, the intestine, <laughs> everything. And the next morning when all the ash piled up, I took all the ash and I shoved it in these little hornet's nest things. So that was, the context to give these things some some weight because how can you 
you know, a dream catcher is really is just a, a placebo, but it's a strong one that works. But the only reason it works is because it has an amazing story mm-hmm. behind it, which is a whole nother thing. So I needed an equally powerful story behind these little these little balls that I made in order to give it the same kind of mental like, you know, thing that that a dream catcher would. So um, that was it. It was only ever meant to be conceptual and, and fun and interesting and a conversation piece never meant to be taken seriously. Uh, but I did premiere there. And um, it was definitely a conversation piece that night. <laughs> I went dark with it. Dude, I no think it's awesome. I, I think it's really cool. No and and no uh, no strange occurrences because of the uh, said ritual, right? No no uh, no nope. possessions. Or... Nope. All good. Good to go. Yeah. Oh. See see now now it happened. No. Well, I, yeah, I think I speak for Chad as well. Um, we want to have you back on the podcast, but before we even end the show, I want you to tell our wonderful listeners how to reach you, how to find you, what they need to do in order to get something from Eek or to just dive further in. EekHalloweenShop.com will be the Instagram EekHalloweenShop. Guys, thank you so much. Yeah, but I just want to say to all your listeners out there that if we raid the Bermuda Triangle, it can't drown us That's all, true. guys. It can't That's make it. us all disappear. Hashtag raid the Bermuda Triangle. We're going to make it happen. Area 51 eats shit. Yeah, forget Area 51. That's it. The We're tri- all going to Bermuda, baby. This is going to be the fire Festival Part 2. 